back to another edition of the podcast. I'm your host, Michael Pagani, joined alongside 123rd-ranked prospect Stephen Halliday. Stephen, how are you? I'm doing good so far. Thanks for asking. Well, that's, yeah, during these unfortunate times, you know, it's, it's good that you're at least doing well because uh, it's been somber. It's been sad. Uh, you know, we are on the verge of getting sports back, so there is light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, for sure. I'm pretty excited to watch the playoffs. It'll give me something to do later in the day after I finish my training in the morning. Now, lots of people have turned towards Netflix to spend their quarantine. Uh, what have you been doing during quarantine? Uh, yeah, I've been watching a bunch of different shows on Netflix, kind of just seeing. I'm more of a movie guy rather to a show, but uh, I've been just watching different stuff on Netflix after I've worked out, but I, uh, I'm i in Dubuque right now, so the ice, the rink's almost like, it's almost a private rink because there's not a lot of stuff going on there. So I'm, I stay there a lot of the day and um, help out um, the, one of the coaches, Chad Remical, with different um, groups he has for the little kids. So it's it's not too boring of a day, but it's pretty, uh, it's pretty busy. But in my spare time, I've been watching Netflix for sure. What sort of movie genres do you like? Um, I'm more, I like the, like, I like the action comedy, like, I've always liked Will Ferrell movies and Mark Wahlberg movies, just stuff that's, like, it's not, like, super, like, boring, but it's also funny in action, too, so comedy action mix. Getting to your story a bit here, who influenced you to start hockey? Um, like, uh, I'm, it was my dad kind of got me into hockey, and I, uh, started, like, watching it intently when I saw a lot of the superstars come in the league, like Crosby, Mc, uh, Crosby and um, Kane, sorry. So it's been those two have been watching them for a while now, and I think they helped me get into love it, loving the game of hockey, essentially. Was there a player growing up who you wanted to model your game after? Uh, yeah, like in the past, like, four years, I've kind of been watching Keller on his way up into the NHL, like, I watched a couple. I remember we watched a game, an NTDP game, when I was playing in the U.S. There was the NTDP game, and he was really good on that team. So I ended up following. I always followed him from that on. And when he played at BU, I watched a couple of like their their Beanpot games, and he always did really good in those. So it was kind of easy to fall in love with his game. So like, I don't essentially I don't really model my game after him because we're kind of different players, but. I've always loved to watch him play, and he's probably my favorite player right now. Do you but have any... Was, oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, but if I was to model my game after someone, I'd probably be someone like JVR, who's like big body, power forward, the guy like that who can score in tight and has pretty good hands, so... Do you have any uh, JVR or Clean Keller, uh, you know, um, apparel? Like any jerseys uh, or shirts? I do have a Coyotes, like, jer- uh, sweater. Or actually, do I have a Keller jersey? Uh, when he wore number nine... When, or not nine, um, 14. When he wore 14, his first, like when he got called up from BU, I bought a, a jersey, like a 14 Keller jersey. So I have have original number, so it's kind of cool. Would you be able to speak upon your road to where you are today? Like some of the challenges you faced, what are some of the successes you had? Oh, yeah. So like I played on a lot of good teams growing up, so I had a lot of success growing up playing hockey. I was always on a pretty good team. And uh, last year in the Central Fly- Central Illinois Flying Aces, the year before I played on the Saints, uh, we were kind of in rough shape. We weren't as good of a team, so it was kind of 
it was essentially it sucked losing a lot of games, but it kind of showed you like how hard it is to win a lot of games, and it makes you want to win even more than you already do because you're so used to it almost. So it's it's kind of like now I'm not taking it for granted, and you got to work for every win you get. Now, per Elite Prospects, when I was doing some research, it says that you grew up in Toronto. Uh, did you cheer for the hometown Toronto Maple Leafs? Um, I didn't actually cheer for the Leafs. I, my dad is a huge Leafs fan, so I would always cheer for every team that would play against the Leafs. <laughs> That's the best. Yeah, so just to like get them all mad and stuff if they lost or whatever. So my dad's a diehard Leafs fan, so it was funny to see... Uh, his reactions when they lose. And especially, I remember that uh, game seven versus Boston when the Leafs were up 4-1. Me and my dad actually had a bet that game. Like, I was pretty young at the time. And I remember I went to, like, a pro hockey life that day. And I had a hat. I got a hat. And the, the bet was I had to work off the hat in chores if the Leafs won. But if they lost, then, they, then I got to keep the hat scot-free. So... That day, like, I was pretty upset when the Leafs were winning in Game 7, especially with, like, eight or nine minutes left in the game. It was, like, 4-1. And I remember being all sad. And then I see the Boston start scoring, and I'm getting all getting all happy, and I'm rubbing it in his face. And it's, like, one of the worst comebacks or one of the worst, like, losses in a game in so long in a playoffs Game 7. So it was kind of cool. That is an amazing story. Just like everything about it, you know, from buying the hat, then you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're like the emotions during the game. And then, you know, you see Patrice Bergeron score the game winning yeah, goal. Exactly. I was jumping all over him, making him feel like crap. Now, every kid dreams of playing in the NHL. What would it mean for you with all the hard work that you've put in to be drafted? Yeah, it's every kid's dream to get drafted and, yeah, I'm, I'd be very honored to whatever team I would pick me in the draft. And just it goes to show you how much work you have to put in every day for the past seven or eight years, like getting up in the morning, going to skate or work out. And then you got to eat right and stuff like that. So it's been been great. Now, this year with the Dubuque Fighting Saints, you notched 38 points in 46 games. Uh, who is your hardest hardest competition this year? Uh, yeah, our team was really, uh, we were battled. We were kind of the solidified one-two with us in Chicago. And it was pretty, uh, pretty, a pretty good battle between us two whenever we played each other. I felt like a couple of games got, they were just like unlucky bounces that we lost. But I think those those two teams are were definitely like our toughest competition were us and us in Chicago. And Chicago's always near the top of the league, right? Yeah, they get some. Their uh, GM Ryan Hardy does a really good job finding good players anywhere, and they have a really good style of game where they let their skill shine. So it's not it's not a coincidence how how good they are. Did you go through any droughts as a player this year? Any of the gold goalless droughts, pointless droughts? Yeah, there was a bit of ups and downs at the beginning of the year. Like going into your draft, you always want to like start off the year really good and. I was uh, I was pretty pumped uh, going into my draft year of how I was going to fare in the draft. And a couple, uh, I think it was 20 games went by, and I only had like five points. So I was kind of getting a little bit down on myself. But uh, my teammate, Reese Gaber, definitely helped me out with like not worrying so much about points and just playing really, really hard every game, and points will come. And my coach also was really good at um, putting me into situations to succeed, whether that be on the power play in the half wall or whether that be in an OT. So I think those two 
those two decisions by uh, both those guys were really uh, influential in my season. Now, realistically speaking here, how long or how short do you think your development will be uh, to the NHL? Um, I chose the college route just over the OHL route because I think that my 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 strengths are going to be beneficial in the long run. Like I think going to college and especially going to a program like North Dakota, it'll definitely help me in the long run. And I think after four years, three or four, or how many years I'm there, it, I think I'll be ready to make the jump right into the NHL rather than play in the AHL if that be like, I think that the college just gives you extra time to develop and the training they do there and everything's just a lot better than the OHL in my opinion. Would you be able to take me through the day of when you found out the season was suspended due to the coronavirus? Okay, yeah. So we played Waterloo on a Wednesday night and uh, we were going to Youngstown, which is 12 hours away for the Friday night game. So we actually got on a bus not knowing the season was canceled and we drove overnight to Youngstown. We practiced in the morning. So this is 12 hours away. So we overnight trip. We got to the rink around one practice from one to like this is a Thursday we played on the Friday so this was almost like a pre-game skate for the day before and so we get off the ice there and we're all like we all heard rumors so we're all like oh what's gonna happen and unfortunately the season was canceled so we ended up driving having to drive all the way back so it was like I want to say like 24 hours on a bus in like three days so it kind of sucked but that is brutal. Yeah. And how has the coronavirus impacted your draft preparation? Um, not like so much in a sense. In a sense, to uh, like, I guess like it changed the date, but I was still probably gonna do the same routines I was doing right now. As everything, all the gyms have opened up and ice is uh, starting to open. Although it does kind of suck not be able to go to like a development camp this summer and picking the brains of like the guys who would have drafted me if I was drafted or stuff like that. So I think that 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 part is going to be a little bit missed out on because I think the draft's in October, but the season's going to start in like December 1st. It came out today that the tentative date for the 2020-2021 season is December 1st. Yeah, so it'll be, they won't have it, and plus we'll be in season already because I think the USHL, our report date is September 1st for Dubuque Saints, the Dubuque Fighting Saints, so I don't know how that's going to work, but it would be cool if we still had one, if they still had one, but that's going to be the, that's going to be the part that I'll miss the most probably. What would you say is your best memory from this season? Um, I would say probably just, yeah, um, I'm trying to think here. Best memory. I would think probably, uh, just how close all of us were. Like, like I played on the Central Illinois team and like, I was my first taste of junior hockey and just like first time, like, uh, like being around and like traveling with the team and always being around the team. Like in minor hockey, you know, you just go to the rink, hang out with your buddies, and then you just go home to your house, right? And then you have your school friends and just moving away away from all those, uh, like your parents and stuff. So I think that it was definitely just like how close we were this year and knowing that like they all have our backs, whether that be on the ice or off the ice. And I think just that, like camaraderie between us all was really uh 
really something special. And I think that's why we were so good. And, and we, you know, we just all bonded. And I think that's what made us better on the ice. What would you say is a typical game day for you? Oh, yeah. So this year we would play around seven. 7.07 was, a little, I think, the official start time. But so in the mornings we'd – so I'll, like we had like a kind of like a game day weekend. So like our first – so a Friday night game would be I would go to school from 6 to 11.45. And then I'd go to the rink and – They'd all have a pregame skate, all the guys that weren't in school. So it was me and Riley Stewart would be the guys that would go to school. So we'd go to school from, it was like, yeah, 8 till 12 or 11.45, sorry. And uh, then after that, depending on what I missed, I would go to the rink right after that and then do like a video session with coach on like power play or like the game, what they went over in the meeting in, in the morning. And then I'd go home right after that, and I'd uh, just chillax a bit, probably. Uh, I'm not really a nap guy. Some guys are nap guys, but I like to try and, like, stay awake because I feel like taking a taking a nap will, like, restart my day almost. So, like, I just stand around. Sometimes I'll just shoot mini sticks down in the basement or something like that just to have fun or something. And then, uh, then I eat chicken and rice at around, like, Three forty-five, four, and then uh, I go to the rink at I think it's five thirty. Be at the rink at or no four thirty. So three, I leave at four thirty. Get to the rink by uh, three or four forty-five, and then we'd have to be at the rink at five for a two-hour thing. And we'd have our pre-game meetings and then warm up, and then the game. Then we probably get done around ten. 11 so i have a usually have either like a protein shake at the rink after or something like that banana and then i just go home and go to bed but then the saturday game is we'd have to be at the rink at 11 and we'd have a walk a team walk for almost like half a mile every uh, saturday which was actually i hated it at the time because you're all tired and you have to walk but it actually loosened up our legs and got some of the lactic acid out, which was always helpful. So we did a mile or half a mile walk around the rink. And then we'd go in and we'd, we, we'd usually play the same team both games. So we'd just like what they did and try to counter some of the stuff they did in the meeting. He'd always ask us if like what we saw and he, we'd get our input. And then we'd have a power play meeting after that or a penalty kill. And then I'd go home and probably I'd eat around the same time and pretty much do the exact same thing after that. How crucial is playing on the power play to your game? Yeah, I think it's crucial to a lot of guys that are coming from uh, minor hockey and they're always used to being the guy. I think uh, Oliver, or David, our head coach, gave us a really good uh, or gave me a really good chance to not only be on the power play, but be on the power play and be successful and he didn't put me in a spot where I wasn't going to succeed and he was really good at uh, moving everyone around like if something wasn't working and I think that can attest to our our overall winning percentage and also our power play percentage is one of the top in the league and I also uh, give credit to guys like the the Jackson twins Ty and Dylan who are really good at uh, on the power play and they also showed me a lot of stuff that I can try on the power play this year going back to Dubuque 
So I think just learning from those two guys and Oliver giving me a chance on the power play was really crucial this year. Now, are you the one to chirp the opponent or let your play do the talking? Um, I'm like, I'm, if they chirp first, I'll usually say something back. But in a game, probably I'm usually pretty quiet on the ice. Maybe I'll talk. I talk to my teammates on the bench, though, for sure, and uh, let them know what, what we could have done better, like in a positive way, obviously. But I think that uh, I don't, I'm not super quiet throughout the game, but I'm definitely not one, the one leading the charge on chirping or, or fighting or anything like that. What would you say is your go-to shootout move if you got the chance? Um, yeah, hopefully not too many USHL goalies are listening, but uh, I usually just come down and I uh, almost like a patty cane stop up at the, the what's it called, the hash mark. And uh, I usually just look five hole and I just shoot it as hard as I can um, an inch above or an inch off the ice, which is like simulates where the goalie stick would be. So it's almost like a little bit of a hole there. And I just try to aim for that one usually. But if they if they're really low to the ground, I usually try to go like backhand, forehand, and then low glove or something. Usually not a high guy in the shootout, but yeah. Yeah, you never want to sky it because if you sky, it's embarrassing. Yeah, if you just hit the glass, just straight glass. Yeah. Have you been able to practice it? Yeah, we usually did shootouts on the on our weekend practices, like before the games. But yeah. I I've been I've been pretty solid versus for some of our te- goaltenders and definitely helped me uh, shooting against Eric Portillo who was the third round pick to the Sabers and he won goalie goalie of the year this year so definitely helped shooting on him every day and so that definitely was uh, pretty cool. Like you mentioned earlier, you're committed to North Dakota to further your hockey dreams. Uh, what did you consider when committing there? Uh yeah, I think that like the organization speaks for itself in the sense where they they've turned out so many pro guys and I think that was a part of it obviously but I I liked how the coaching staff like approached me they didn't they weren't like the first ones on the scene and then they weren't and they were really personable and I thought that they waited for the right time and it was just really good when I went on my visit they were really professional and I liked how just obviously the rink is to die for. It's one of the best, if not the best in the in the NCAA. So I think that also, also played a part. But also I loved how everyone in North Dakota loves their hockey. Like everyone just loves this, the fighting Hawks now. I want to uh, further your point there on the alumni. You know, they had Jonathan Taves, Zach Parise, and TJ Oshie. All three of those have played in the Olympics. All three of them have, or yeah, all three of them have played in the Stanley Cup Finals. Just incredible of what they have been accomplished. Uh, what does it mean for you to be a part of that group? Yeah, I think that all those guys, like whether that those three are obviously really big ones, or just like even like Brock, they even got Brock Besser, Jost, like they produced uh, D-Man on Vancouver, Troy Stetcher. Um, last year they got Rhett Gardner who signed in the NHL and actually played a couple games. They got Pinto this year, which will likely play in the NHL in a year or two. Then they got a top guy like Sanderson, who's definitely going to play in the NHL in a couple of years. So I just think that they attract the big guy, the big name guys that are, that want to get better. And I think that's why I want to be part of it is because I end up wanting to make that jump to the NHL and I think they can help me do it and they give me the best shot. What will you be studying at North Dakota? Yeah, I have an extra year to figure it out since I'm not going to be going in this year. But 
I'm not so sure. I think business is definitely a really good uh, class to take my first year. So I think I might start there and see what, what other things I might enjoy while I'm there. Now, I have a stack of hockey cards beside me. How cool would it be for you to have your own hockey card? Yeah, it's, it would be pretty cool considering, like, all the OHL guys have their – they have, like, they have like a CHL uh, card pack. So I know all my yeah. buddies have their own hockey cards, which is pretty cool. But, yeah, that would definitely be a pretty cool experience or even, like, a memorabilia type thing where I just keep it in a frame in my house or something like that. Last question here on the podcast: uh, Do you have any advice for aspiring hockey players that may look that may look up to you? Uh, not too much, but just keep on. Like I know not everyone is a big name guy, like some of the top picks are. So, but that doesn't mean that you can't make the NHL. Like you look at all the all the guys coming up from the later rounds now. So I just think that just keep on working, and something will something will definitely happen. Well, I'd like to thank the 123rd ranked prospect, Stephen Halliday, for joining me on today's podcast. Thank you again, Stephen. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me.